Welcome to Dong Teeny, episode 112. On today's show, Simone makes her overseas trip with a toddler sound like the only way to travel. Stephanie enjoys some long-awaited victories as Mars Hill starts to crumble. And new information surfaces on the hotly debated pronunciation of A-R-S-E. And now, here are your hosts, Simone Turkington and Stephanie Drury. Hello, Stephanie. How are you, Dong? I'm Dong very well. How are you, Dong Simone? I am doing great after this long, long Dong teeny break. Um, I mean, I guess it's been four weeks since I left. And, really? Uh, there, yeah, and there was like, I think it was like two weeks before, um, before that that we recorded and I put an episode out. So I think it's been like six weeks since we've, uh, oh my God. Uh, since we actually recorded, but only about four and a half since we actually put one out. So sorry, listener, but you know, life happened, England happened, Scotland happened. So um, apologies for that. So um, yes, yeah, so I was gone because um, Greg was doing shows in at the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and then after that, he had one show in Manchester. Manchester and then five nights in London. So we got to do all that fun stuff with a baby along, which um, uh, was challenging. But yeah, how I think did that I, go? Well, the flight over, we gave him a well. Greg gave him a D plus. I gave him a C minus. We grade him on all these trips on his behavior. I, <laughs> I don't know if it's a coping mechanism or just that we're assholes, but um, <laughs> but yeah. So I felt bad. I thought he could have been so much worse on the way over. He'd, he'd have these bursts of crying for like 15 minutes, and then he'd stop. And I think four bursts of crying for 15 minutes on a 10-hour flight isn't very bad, yeah, you know? That's so that's why I gave him a C-, minus. but Greg was like, oh, like freaking out, and I just wasn't worried about the people <laughs> thought as much, which is strange for me, but um, anyways, the flight over wasn't great, but the way back, he slept for like six out of the 11 hours, okay. so um, we both agreed uh, B plus for the ride back, so yeah, pretty great. Um but yeah, so so it was different traveling with the baby. Obviously, you know, not like the old days where I'd just be footloose and fancy free and running off to see Supergrass and on a whim and, you know, it would just all be, you know, fun times like that. But I think I did achieve a lot as a woman traveling with a baby, even though I couldn't go anywhere between sort of 7.30 and 10.30 any night because I had to be <laughs> home with the baby while Greg did his show and I never got to see Greg's show oh, once. Oh, you didn't? Oh, I guess no, not. No, no. We kind of talked about getting a sitter, but like it didn't really materialize or the people I knew weren't available and so it just didn't happen. But, um, but yeah, so while we were in Edinburgh... How did, those, oh, how did those audiences like him over there? Um, I think it did really well. Yeah, in Edinburgh, you know, it was sort of a, it was sort of the first week. He did two weeks there, and it was sort of like, you know, it was like decent the first week, and then the second week was really, really great. So, um, yeah, so that was good. And then the the London run was great. And the Manchester show, he'd played there a couple times before. It had been kind of questionable, but yeah, he had an amazing Manchester show, which was great. Wow. So, and we had amazing Thai food in Manchester, which was extra great. <laughs> 
So, uh, but that was ruined by Quincy, who was whining most of the time. We actually had people at the table next to us, oh, like no. a couple minutes after they were seated, I could see them asked to be moved somewhere else. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, no. I remember that happening yeah. when the kids were little. Like we'd sit down yeah. at a restaurant, and other people would just get up and leave. I'm like, I don't yeah, want you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know, seriously. So um, yeah, he was getting a good rating that day, and then it plummeted after that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yes, while we were in while we were in Manchester in uh, in Edinburgh, I saw I saw like fourteen shows. So um, yeah, because well, the way it works is there's like this like three thousand shows going on there. So um, and it sort of starts around noon oh, it was and a going festival, all the way. Right? It's a festival, yeah. Okay. So it's starting around noon and it goes you know every night till about you know you know one a.m. So and all every show is an hour. There's no openers, nothing. It's like boom, it starts. It's an hour. You leave. You know, so it's very uh-huh. easy to just sort of, you know, fill your day up, of, you know, for me, in my case, before 7.30 um, with shows. And then if Greg would get back in time, I'd go to some afterwards. So, yeah, so I managed to see um, 14 shows. I don't know if one of them counts, but one of them was a screening of The Room. Oh... <laughs> Yeah, which was exciting because I was like, I was going to be around Scottish people, um, you know, shouting things out about the room. And I was looking forward to hearing like some sort of, you know, heckles that I couldn't even understand. But it turns out I ended up being like seated in front of Australians. So I didn't get like as much of that. Yeah, so I didn't get that experience. And they were from Melbourne too. So, um, so yeah, but it was really funny because like they had like a, uh, like a video file or something for it. And it was, I don't know how this happened, but like the opening credits go, everyone's excited. And then as soon as the dialogue starts, there's no sound. Like only the, the, the um, incidental music was, was on this track. It's like, why is this even separated, you know? So everyone started like chanting and screaming for them to fix it. And then when they fixed it on the laptop, they'd left the mouse over the, over the progress bar at the oh. bottom. You know, so the so that the, so the little thing was at the bottom, and so everyone started chanting, "Move the mouse, move the mouse." <laughs> so that was actually probably the funniest heckle I got at the at the Scottish screening of the room that I went to. Um, anyway, and then I, I tweeted about this. Some of you may have seen it, but there was a show called The Penis Monologues, and I tweeted, "Should I go to this?" And of course, coming from a dong-related podcast, it was like, "Why is this even a question?" Yeah, but. Yeah, but I just I just had a bad feeling about it, you know, just Uh-oh. contrived. Just the way the way bachelorettes at bachelorette parties get exactly. a giddy about penises, like that kind of penis adoration, you know. So anyway, so I <laughs> Not went to it. the sophisticated penis adoration that we espouse on Don Exactly, <laughs> exactly. It was not the highbrow penis monologuing that I am into. So well, you anyway, were texting so was, me before it, and, <laughs> you, and, and you know, I'm like, let me know how it goes. Like, how could this be bad? And, and then you told me. <laughs> yeah, I lasted about ten minutes, but essentially, like the, the like the opens, like the men's, like the, the, the there's four guys. And they're like, okay, do you want to hear all about our penises? And everyone's like, yay! It's like, oh, and then one of the all scared. It's like, no, I want to leave. They, like, you want to know all about my penis? Like, you know, it's just like stupid like that. If if I'm conveying how. Oh my annoying that is and so they all start telling their first experiences of seeing nudity and seeing a penis and uh, and then they like all one, they take in turns telling their story and then when they all gathered into a, into form a shape of an elephant and went that's when I left <laughs> jeez 
Yeah. I don't blame you. Wow. Yeah. I was like, oh, this is not going to be good. But also, there was another, I may have said longer, but there's another show I wanted to go at the same time, which is this guy saying, uh, a guy's show called Australia is Fucked. Um, <laughs> so um, I was very curious about that. He was Australian himself. But um, yeah, I didn't think it was it was good, but it wasn't great because it wasn't enough of Australia is Fucked. It was mostly Australia is Racist. It's like, but that took up about 10 minutes or less. <laughs> Everybody's like, racist, you know? Like, there's no country in the world free of racism. Oh, but no, but Australia has its own brand of racism. You've you told know. me that before, yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Much to um, listen to Caitlin's chagrin. She doesn't realize that we have a worse racism problem than other places and other Western nations. It's pretty bad. So I'm um, just, we've got to, I told you we had uh, people doing blackface on TV like within the last six years. Whoa. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh. And the only reason it was brought to, uh, to, to worldwide attention is because Harry Connick Jr. was a judge on that episode oh. and he was outraged. And gave them a zero, and then it made world news. So yeah, Australia. Wow. Did and then and then if people complain about it, it's like ah, I'm just making a big deal and nothing. Ah, don't worry about it. You know, it's just this. Yeah. So anyway, but that was pretty much the bulk of his Australia's fuck. I don't worry fucked. about it. I don't worry about it. Ah, fucking poofers. Kind of hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> Must be so nice to really not care. Yeah, yeah, they really don't care. About vast majority um let's see i also saw a bad magic show like the guy took oh, no. 30 minutes they have a lot of free shows so you go you don't have to pay anything but <laughs> uh -oh. it's customary that if the show is good you pay uh, at the end you know you uh -huh. pay something you know based on how much you liked or how good you thought it was so my average is like five things is a good show i'm gonna pay five pounds you know and uh you know if you're an asshole or it was no good you can pay less so you can pay nothing if you want you know it's not you're not obligated um so anyway yeah this guy's fucking magic show in 30 minutes he did three tricks it was so shit and it was called magic and tea and he put out three cups of tea amongst like 15 people like who's fucking claiming this tea i'm not the one i'm gonna take that tea i want some tea but i'm not gonna just take it for the group so yeah so magic and tea was crap and um so i walked out of that i walked out of penis monologues those are the only two i walked out of um, that reminds me of um, ryan's magic show when he went to see carol channing the opening act was were magicians and he goes i can't say anything nice about them so i'll just say they certainly were on stage that's right i love that so much <laughs> It sounds so positive and affirming, yet it's not. It's brilliant. Your it's like what you said about that about that dong. That's what, that's that's what you said to that dong picture you got the other day. I know, well, it, it certainly, it certainly is, a is a penis. <laughs> great call, great great call. Um, yeah. Um, so I also saw this comedian called Lou Sanders. What gender do you think Lou is when you first hear it? Male. Male, yeah. This is a woman named Lou Sanders. Oh, okay. So, yeah, anyway, she's amazing. Just, um, yeah, Greg was Greg got to see her one night, and then he told me she was great, so he raced back after his show the next night so that I could race to the place because, you know, Aww. we had to do the baby trade-off. And, yeah, she was really awesome. So I apparently she's done some shows in L.A. before, so hopefully she'll come back and I will spread the word. But Lou Sanders from London... Is awesome. Um, so anyway, yes, yeah, so we went to Ox. I went to Manchester and then went to London, and then um, 
I the day after we got to, to London, I got on a bus and went up to Oxford, um, which I'd never been to before, which I can't believe because really? it's the birthplace of Supergrass. Mm-hmm. And um, in all this time, even though it's only like an hour and a half away uh, from London, I hadn't been to Oxford before. So Quincy and I took the took this bus to, to Oxford and met up with Mick Quinn from Supergrass and his wife, Jeanne, and their little baby, Agatha, who is Aww. so adorable. Everyone says Quincy has like amazing eyelashes. And it's like, yeah, he does have amazing eyelashes. Quincy needs mascara next to this baby. Like, uh. her eyelashes are like three or four times fuller than his, you know. He just looked bald in the eyes. So, it's uh, <laughs> bald enough on his head. But, yeah, she has the most amazing baby eyelashes. I've ever seen, and I was oh, pretty ashamed of Quincy. I have to say. And you've seen all these uh, eyelashes too, so those are some good eyelashes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, they are the best. Um, so yeah, so that was really awesome to, to catch up with those guys. And and the other great part about it was that I got to hear the unreleased Supergrass album, at least what exists of it. So that was huge oh, for me because yeah, yeah. So. Um, yeah, Mika did it a long time ago. He's like, oh, if you're ever in Oxford, you know, because I'd asked about it. And he said, if you're yeah. ever in Oxford, you know, you could come over and hear it. And I was like, oh, okay. And then after I got pregnant, I'm like, when's that ever going to happen? I'm never going to go yeah. anywhere again. But anyway, sure enough, <laughs> took some time, but we got there nearly two years later. And uh, yeah, so I got to hear it and it was so great. I'm really, really, really extra sad now that it didn't come out. Oh. But like the first song was like really 60s sounding. It kind of made me made me want to weep. So, no um, way. Yeah, yeah. But now I'll just have to hang on to my memory as best I can. Uh. I probably don't even remember it right already. So, but I just remember that it's good. That's all I can remember is how I felt about it. Like, yes, you know, you hear something you need once. Yeah, remember is how it makes yeah. you feel. Yeah, exactly. Uh. So, yeah. So, so that was kind of a tragedy. Another thing that we did was, um, I guess the next year is the 20th anniversary of I Should Coco coming out. Oh which my is God! No, first it is album. not. Yes, it is. <gasps> yes, it is. You're right. Yes. Oh, so um, they're kind of working on a um, a reissue package. You know. Um, I'm not sure if it'll come out or not, but if they if if they want to do one, they're working on stuff for it from now. So I got interviewed um, about how I feel about I should Coco for the bonus disc. So yeah, which was such a privilege and an honor. So um, yeah, so I hope that comes out. But if not, I'm just I'm just delighted that I even got asked. So um, oh, no kidding. yeah. Yeah, so that was my Oxford experience, and um, yeah, and I was going to say about Oxford, like all the cities in England are all sort of like grey coloured, you know, but Oxford is like gold coloured. It's like Paris, like the colour of the of the buildings and everything. Really? Like yeah, and and it's funny, and I was telling Greg he has to go because when we go on all these Europe to all these European cities, he's kind of like got church exhaustion. Like uh-huh. he's sick of just going and seeing all this, you yeah. know, exalting to God every place we go. Like we're supposed <laughs> to be appreciating it. Well, I'm fine with it, but. He's He's like, I've just seen enough God stuff. But anyway, but Oxford, it's all universities. It's all universities. Like right after I got off the bus, I was like, texted John. I'm like, okay, I'm on my way. And then I stop immediately after because I walk past a lane that says Logic Lane. I was like, yes, (laughs) this rules. (laughs) So I was so excited. Um, But anyway, but it's just such a beautiful city. And I want to spend more time uh, checking it out next time. But um uh, yeah, I did go to a Harry Potter site there where um, from Goblet of Fire where um, 
Malfoy gets turned into a ferret by nice. Professor Moody. Um, yeah, I got taken to that, so that was really awesome. <laughs> I did a lot of Harry Potter tourism in Edinburgh. I went to all these places where J.K. Rowling wrote the books, so like two cafes. So that was just very, very inspiring for me. So and I went on a Harry Potter walking tour. So um, yeah. So and then the day after I got back to London, I went on the Harry Potter studio tour, the Warner Brothers studio tour, and got to see all these sets and props and all this Harry Potter wow. mania. I was so excited that I was like getting choked up on the bus ride over oh, to the I studio. Love that you do that. That's I was just so like, oh, I'm just so like, I hear the music Aww. and I get all excited. So, um, <laughs> yeah, so that is like a, a must. I'm like just really impressed with my Harry Potter tourism that I did like Harry Potter stuff in three different cities on that trip. Yeah. So, um, yeah, and I took like 250 photos. Oh my and, God. Um, yeah. And um, actually, I'll tell you what though, they had butterbeer there, and I had butterbeer at the Wizarding World of Harry Potter in Florida, uh-huh. and the butterbeer in Florida was better. No way. Uh, way. It was sweeter. This had tasted a little too carbonated and not sweet enough, so that was oh. a bit of a sad. A bit it, of a I bet it wasn't as cold. <laughs> um, oh, if it I was in England, I don't know. I just hear that they have no ice over there, but that's just my. Yeah, I think it American gets cold just by virtue of being in England. Everything is cold. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so, so I did the Harry Potter tour, and then, so after back going back to Scotland for a moment, I um, when I found out about that room screening, I emailed Greg Sestero, friend of the podcast, after his uh, his nice performance on episode 100, and um, and I said, oh wow, I'm gonna go to this screening. This is gonna be so great with these Scots heckling, blah blah blah. He's like, that's great. Uh, too bad we'll just miss each other. I'm gonna be on in London on the 30th, and I'm like, I'll be in London on the 30th. No so way. it turned out there was a book event. Uh, on the 30th for his book The Disaster Artist which we rave about and there was also going to be a script reading I found out when I looked it up on the website so I just said oh you know if you need any girls to do the I'm sure it's all worked out but if you need any women to do the read the girl parts you know um I'm, I'm up for it. It was at 6 p.m., so it wasn't going to have a conflict with Greg's show. Anyway, he wrote back. He's like, yeah, totally, you should do it. You can read Lisa. And I was like, what? <laughs> so, yeah, so I just got awarded the role of Lisa from The oh. Room to read with Greg Sestero live in London, which is like... So fucking sad. It was only like a 20 minute reading that we did, but still, you know, it's like, how does this happen to me? So, and I got to read like with Sestero for some of it. Oh my God. <laughs> we, we read the, we read like the, um, the, the uh, phone call at the end. Oh, so that I back and that forth. Phone call so yeah, much. yeah, yeah. So I'm doing that part. It's like, I just want to be with you. And he's like, come on over. I want your body. <laughs> you got it, baby. Is that what you Yeah. Saying? Yeah. <sighs> But the amazing thing about this was is that this was we were reading not from the script that we all know and love from the movie, but this was Tommy's original script oh, with other so craziness in it. Delicious. Yeah, so there's like a scene, like the scotchka scene, like everyone's like, yeah, scotchka. Well, uh, it, he actually mixes cognac and hot chocolate in it. <laughs> yeah, in the original script, he's mixing cognac and sense, hot chocolate. Actually, it actually does. I, I realize that. Yeah, yeah. Maybe they just didn't have hot chocolate. When the thing is like, yeah, don't worry about it. Don't worry. It's fine. It's fine. It's it's a dark liquid. It's fine. Like this, like probably how the scotchka thing ended up happening. And the other thing is like after Johnny's shot himself at the end, he says, he, Lisa says something. So she's like sad about it. And then she's like, well, at least we have the insurance. A hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> that was in there. 
<laughs> I know, I know. So I didn't get to read the whole thing, but yeah, there's all these like little bits and pieces like that that are just hilarious. Like that, it's like, wow. I wonder what how they end up getting taken out, you know? But oh my um, God. yeah. So I think for you know having a baby, um, I achieved a lot on this trip. All these shows I went to, you know, hearing a missing Supergrass album, being interviewed for a for a future recording, reading on stage with Greg Sestero, I feel very empowered as a mother with a with a baby who sometimes gets a D plus. Yeah, I think you did all right. <laughs> Thank you. I do too. So, um, and before we move on to anything else, I wanted to address plumbing, which is something I talked about three years ago, the last time I went to the same time, uh, same festival three years ago. And um, I commented on this po- very podcast that the plumbing is shit. And um, and listener Hugh, Hugh Aylward, who I don't think still listens anymore, but he took umbrage. He took umbrage with this as a, as an Englishman himself. I think he did. He did. He, he. There was like the bulk of the comment he left on that episode was defending the the nation's plumbing. And I'm here to report that the plumbing is still shit. I stayed in this apartment in Scotland. There was like we'd have to wait at least fifty. Minutes to flush, you know. No. Again, like yes, <laughs> it just takes all this time, and then even then you think it's done, it does this push, push, and then nothing happens, and you realize you wasted what little water had collected. And I asked this, I posed this so to my. Actually, no, the toilet in Manchester was great. The toilet in our place in London was great. Um, I used the toilet in the place where J.K. Rowling wrote Harry Potter and the Philosopher's Stone. <laughs> didn't, didn't flush. There was nobody in there when I went in there. So I don't know how recently before that it was flushed, you know. But I, 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 I went, I peed, I flushed. Nothing. Nothing. Just did that drunk. And then it was done, you know. And I observed, like, when I came home, like, Greg had used the bathroom. He flushed. And by the time he washed his hands, came out. I went in, closed the door, sat down, peed. It was, like, done. It was already full. You know what I mean? Just in that immediate one after the other, the thing is full. I don't think all English people... uh, Yeah. (laughs) And um, and I, 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 I posed all this to my friend Pippa. Another person I was delighted to see on that trip. And um, I said, and actually, I felt kind of bad. I felt like I was a shitty American complaining about um, uh, about all things British. And at that point, I definitely kick up my Australian-ness since I'm not an ugly American. <laughs> but, um, uh, but she totally agreed about the plumbing. She totally agreed. She said when she goes to her, um, her boyfriend's mother's house in Wales that... She has to wait 25 minutes for the thing to refill. She wow. said, "She said basically, you don't shit for the weekend." That was her were her exact words. And then wow. she said she even re- refilled the cistern with a jug. Like she was like filling it from the tap and like pouring it into the thing herself to fill it up because it was so Amazing. slow. Amazing. Yeah. So and yeah, she just said across the board, British plumbing is generally not very good. Is so, she British? She's British. Yeah. So she's just used to it. Yeah, she, I mean, she, yeah, she, 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 she's used to it and also acknowledges that it's rubbish. And she still so, knows it's bad, so, okay. She still knows it's bad, yeah. So, so I got to see Pippa and I got to see uh, my friend, our friend Rachel and uh, my friend Tim. And it was, it's so funny. I, when I saw Pippa, I didn't realize how lonely I had been for two weeks because oh. I only hung out with Quincy or Greg and Quincy or I was by myself. Those yeah. are the only, the only three possibilities, you know? <laughs> so anytime we tried to do something nice, like have a drink, there was this uh, tank. 
gin garden in, in our place in Edinburgh, like Quincy would start whining. So it's like, okay, mm-hmm. we quickly finish out. Like, you know, you're in a hurry now because you want to get out of there. So yeah. we couldn't have any relaxing times eating or drinking or anything. Or I'd be by myself. And suddenly, like when I left the apartment and it was just me and Pippa and we we're chatting, I was like, oh, like I was in this fervor of suddenly feeling like, oh my God, I'm like having an adult conversation with somebody. Uh, so isn't that nice. Yeah, yeah, but I didn't realize like that I'd been kind of lonely yeah. um, uh, until until that time. So so that was really nice. So Aww. I appreciated it, and it was great hanging out with Rachel and Tim as well. And mm. yeah, it was good times. So um, I also do want to say in the UK's favor, I found all the shopping baskets. You know the handheld baskets. You know they're uh-huh. always grimy and gross. Always, uh-huh. they uh-huh. were all pretty clean in every supermarket I used, and I went to a lot because we were cooking at home most of the time. So oh. yeah, yeah. So UK. You've got us on that one. Yeah, they do. Wow. <laughs> Whenever I see them clean here, I presume they're brand new. Like that's the only way. Yeah. <laughs> I know. I think I, I just don't expect. I don't. I don't expect a lot from them. <laughs> I just no, no, they're going definitely to be kind not. Of gross. Well, if you ever go out there, expect a lot. <laughs> just not from the plumbing. <laughs> yeah. No, not from the plumbing. Okay, so what's been going on with you? We've got a lot of Driscoll Mars Hill news to go over, but what's been going on with you in general over the last six weeks? I mean, in I've talked general, to you plenty of over course, the last but six weeks. Listen, oh, it God. I don't, you know, it's kind of hard. Everything kind of runs together. It went down to yeah, Portland last weekend or two weekends ago, I guess, for David's um, movie Big in Japan. It was screening down there for film festivals. So stayed with our friend listener Kevin and his partner Jason we stayed there and I, I love Portland I could totally move there but um, every time we go down there I'm thinking I I could absolutely move here 100% uh, we went to a barbecue with people who had lots of little kids and there was another little kid a little boy who's two named Judah Ooh. so that was interesting I don't meet a whole lot of those but they his parents said yeah this is becoming a popular name and I got oh. a little bit worried <laughs> does Judah still hate his name um, no, he likes it because it's unique. So, oh, he does now. Oh, good. I always thought he still hated it. So I'm yeah, glad he likes he's, it now. People used to make, tell him it was a girl name. He just started middle school. So um, I wonder how his name will go over. He said, you know, he has adjusted so smoothly. I'll just talk about my kids for, I promise, just one sentence. Um, <laughs> he's adjusting so smoothly um, going into middle school. I had the worst time. I was so panicked about it. And he is just uh-huh. chill and happy. And it's a miracle. So That's um, great. Isn't that crazy? Okay. So I loved um, it because I, I I was leaving primary school slash elementary school where I had no friends. So for me yeah. it was exciting because it was it was a fresh start and I did finally get some friends. So oh, good. Yeah, for me it was it was great. I was looking forward to it to escape the previous six years of hell. Oh my god, so, yeah. yeah. I think that you didn't have friends for so long. Yeah. That is yeah. hell, like I you had said. a few here and there, but yeah, pretty much, you know, 90% of the time I had no one to hang out with. <laughs> so. When I started junior high, seventh grade, I, they call it junior high where I'm from, and I got really mad at my two best friends, Natalie and Rhonda, because they wanted to be cheerleaders, and oh. they tried out for pep squad, and I felt so betrayed. Right. That they would be that cheesy, and so we got in a big fight, and I was the only girl in seventh grade who didn't try out for cheerleading. And wow. um, everyone thought I was like a weird freak, and I just wow. suffered it and lost. It. Anyway, that's that marked my seventh grade year, and we kind of made up the next year, mm. even though I thought that they were cheesy pieces of shit. I'm so I was so bad. I yeah, um, yeah, man, that was weird. So I'm glad Judah doesn't seem to be dealing with that. Yeah, but, yeah. 
Um, so last week <laughs> it came out. Um, uh, well, I suppose it happened maybe three weeks ago that these um, uh, these screen screen caps of a conversation that Mark Driscoll had online. Well, it was in a Mars Hill forum in 2000. Um, these came out and and have hit the press and they're completely misogynistic and homophobic and um, it's pretty delicious because it kind of sealed his fate. And so um, these became public and it was the cover of New York Times last week. They're like, Driscoll, megachurch mogul, is asked to be suspended, you know, because finally all these guys are like, you know, the, whoever the men are on his board, they're like, well, I guess this makes the church look really bad so, and people are protesting, so we need to have you step down. Meanwhile, all these years yeah. they've known that he's done all this crap and they yeah, only yeah. care because it's it's just like the Ray Ray Rice thing where the NFL like saw the video but didn't do any didn't really care until everyone protested. But right. I digress. So um, <laughs> this is some of the stuff that he said. <laughs> okay. He made a big list. This is in the 2000 conversation where he's like, I have a bunch of, of definitions I'm going to have us use. How about the word pussified? Any male who has lost his rocks and completed the process of remaining biologically male but become female in all other ways. A male lesbian is any man who thinks and acts like a woman because he thinks that makes him a better person. <laughs> um, um, pitch a tent club. Men who allow their wives to neg them so incessantly that they want to sleep on the roof of their own home. Rock free. Any man who attends a church with a woman pastor. <laughs> Wow. Mixed, mixed nuts. Any man who claims Christ but is actively involved in homosexual activity. Um, homoerotic huddle. Any men's group where the men cry inordinately and hug each other with deep affection. Feminism. The enemy of every man, every woman, every child, and God Almighty. <laughs> like, it, this, wow. there were pages of, of this sort of thing that he said. And, um, wow. So what, what really made the headlines this last week was that they found yes. the, the thread where... <laughs> where he called women penis homes. <laughs> so this is how that went. I printed it out for you guys. Okay. He said, uh, The first thing you need to know about your penis is that despite the way it may seem, it is not your penis. Ultimately, God created you and it is his penis. You are simply borrowing it for a while. While his penis is on loan, you must admit that it is sort of just hanging out there very lonely as if it needed a home. Sort of like a man wandering the streets looking for a house to live in. Knowing that his penis would need a home, God created a woman to be your wife, and when you marry her and look down, you will notice that your wife is shaped differently than you and makes a very nice home. Therefore, if you are single, you must remember that your penis is homeless and needs a home. But though you may believe that your hand is shaped like a home, it is not. And though women other than your wife may look like a home, to rest there would be breaking into another man's home. And if you look at a man, it is quite obvious that what a homeless man does not need is another man without a home. Paul tells us that your penis actually belongs to your wife, and once you are married, she will trade trade you it for her home, 1 Corinthians 7, 4, and every man knows that this is a very good trade for him to make. With his penis, the man is supposed to please his wife and learn to be patient, self-controlled, and be educated on how to keep his home happy and joyous, 1 Corinthians 7, 3. The man should be aroused by his new home, and the wife should rejoice at seeing his penis greet, rise to greet her. <laughs> <laughs> So he went on to say, we live in a completely pussified nation. We could get every man, every real man, as opposed to pussified James Dobson knockoff 
crime, promise-keeping, homoerotic, worship-loving, mama's boy, sensitive, emasculated, neutered, exact male replica, evangelifish, and have a conference in the phone booth. It all began with Adam, the first of the pussified nation, who kept his mouth shut and watched everything fall headlong down the slippery side of hell and feminism when he shut his mouth and listened to his wife. So that's just another, that was a nice run-on sentence that Mark Driscoll wrote there. So, um, this is all like coming how out. how strong is that, how strong is that, um, that sort of, you know, penis home? Not those specific words, obviously, but how strong is that when, you know, to the, to the new building new congregation, when they're reaching out and church planting and trying to reach new people? Like, you know, like, is it like yeah. a slow burn, like with Scientology, where, oh, yep. it's just about, you know, fem- it's just about, you know, personality tests and, you know, being more efficient as a person and this and that. And then before you know it, you're, uh, you're accepting, yep. you know, Xenu and planets shit and all their insanity. Yeah, that's exactly it. It's a slow burn yeah. because, like, this only just came unearthed. Like, they had done a whole lot to try to cover it up these last 14 years, so. Yeah. Um, I'd be interested to know people who are, like, progressive types that sort of have fallen into the Mars Hill trap if they're, like, hearing that and yeah. sort of seeing, like, where they were headed and what, what the, but the, the, was at the root of this church that they were getting into, you know? Yeah. Yeah, they just announced that they're closing three branches. Um, yeah. Yeah, because people are leaving. They, <laughs> Mars Hill says it's because of negative media attention, right. rather than that they would be causing the negative media attention <laughs> in any way. Well, what about? So. Didn't God want them to have that land that they were like <laughs> challenging sure before? Yeah. So I don't think God. They should be worried about what the media says because you know God wants them to exist, right? Did you like the champagne bottle picture I posted in the post you said yes. posted about You're them? Like, Yay! <laughs> Pop the champagne at first. I thought it was an ejaculation reference. It kind of was because there yeah, was penis I home. I, was like, I thought this is this is this is loaded. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Let's celebrate and penis home. So well, that's excellent, excellent. That's pretty news. fun. And this morning my um, co-workers had they photocopied the Seattle Weekly cover I was on and wrote penis home, Stephanie Drury penis home on it and put it by my <laughs> by my name tag. And I, I put it on Instagram and then I took the penis home label and like sat you know spread spread eagle and put it on my crotch and got a picture and i put it on instagram for like two minutes and i'm like oh no what if hr sees this (laughs) so we have fun that's Um, great yeah yesterday i asked you how david's penis home was which is really me asking how you are What did I say? I remember trying to be as gross as possible. Uh, I got, we went pretty. We print went pretty foul from there. It was, it was not a direct answer. Oh, that was in the thread with listener Jonathan, and I was like, if yes. he isn't gay, if he wasn't gay already, he wouldn't be by now. Yeah. Oh, you said it was like a hot pocket. That's right. And then I said what? Filled with filled with chicken and broccoli. <laughs> I just googled hot pockets to see what ingredients. I thought chicken and broccoli. You is, did? Oh, I love is, that you googled is, hot pockets. Is, yeah, I mean, I knew what they, I knew what they were, but I wanted very specific, yeah. uh, a specific variety. And I thought, I thought chicken and broccoli was funnier than than just your standard pepperoni. <laughs> Way better. Worse yeah. texture. Oh. So, you had a crying yes. scene that you were telling me about before you left. Yes. And so okay. it's been like a month, but what do you remember about That's that? Because it was a really fun story. Yes. For me. Oh, I'll never forget this. Okay. So before before I left, before after we last actually recorded, and before I left, um, so Greg was away shooting um, 
a Neil Hamburger movie. It's called Entertainment, and um, should be coming out next year, hopefully. Um, it's so anyway, Entertainment. Entertainment, yes. Oh, I didn't know the title. Oh, good. Yeah. And anyway, so I had a scene in it um, where I'd be playing a woman who was crying. And uh, I can't go into the details of the scene. But anyway, it was just all I had to do was, was to be crying. And that would be a very a huge focal point of the scene. Mm-hmm. And so I, I can cry on command. If I'm just sitting on the couch and Greg says, oh, no, there's no chocolate, I could just start crying for hilarity's sake and I get all teared up and I do all shaking my lips trembling he's like stop it stop it you know because I, I looks really real but I, I I don't use it for like real manipulation I don't know that I could but I just always use it just for, for no reason for the fun of it but anytime I was in acting class doing a scene I could never fucking do it I could do the face and everything but the tears would never come so anyway Greg's like yeah I go to this part as the crying woman and I was like I I don't think I could do that uh, and he was like, no, you can find, you do it all the time, you do it all the time. I'm like, I, yeah, okay. So I almost said I didn't want to do it. And then I was like, okay, no, 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 you can do this, you can do this, you got this, you got time to psych it up. So I was practicing, practicing. I'd like work on it on the way home from work. Boom, crying half the way home from work. Excellent, I got it. You know, and just, I just kept practicing. And anytime I tried to do it, practicing, I could do it. And I was really like, yeah, I got this, I got this, I can do it. And then the day of, I'm practicing some more. I'm staying in a very low, sad, sad state. And I'm just, you know, like, I'm, you know, I even told my coworker and my friend, I'm like, I'm just so, you know, I'm just trying to stay in the, in the, in the zone. And she understood. And we talked about, you know, some sad stuff to do with her and what makes her cry. And I got emotional and I cried just talking to her about that, you know, <laughs> like, I was like, yeah, I'm so going to do this. And anyway, and then, um, everyone was at lunch and then I heard in the design studio in the next room I heard like a song that I you know that I sort of had with my dad since I was a little girl which already kind of makes me sad so now that I'm already in the state I started fully crying I had to like go into the bathroom like because I was like I can't sit at my desk and I'm crying so much so it's like this is great this is great and I just like I kept crying for like I was probably crying for like you know three or four minutes I was like good 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 anyway so I'm like yep I got this this is what I need these songs and I just found these emotional trigger songs and I was just like yep this is what I need in my head this will do it this will do it and every time I thought of these songs for the rest of the day the tears came tears came so the shoot goes from me showing up at five o'clock to seven o'clock to nine o'clock i don't think we end up shooting till like 10 30 or something you know so anyway but i'm waiting outside we do a shooting in a hotel room and i'm like i'm waiting outside i'm like talking to people i know in the crew and i'm just like hi i'm like not giving all like hi you know like i want to be and it's hard for me like because that's my nature but i was like no 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 just stay down stay down and i stayed down and I was trembling crying I was like good good and so I get in the chair cameras rolling action nothing absolutely nothing I couldn't do it so bad well I mean like I had the face going I had the trembling going I had all of that it was fine and it was nice and not overdone it was a tight shot but fuck the tears just weren't there I wasn't even welling up there was nothing not a goddamn fucking thing and I was so pissed off and like I'm sitting there for like about nine minutes and nothing's coming I was so bummed and then Greg was waiting outside I think he thought it might make me nervous and um, but clearly just being in front of the camera with action like he changes everything everything and um, yeah so um he was like, how'd it go? And he's like beaming. I'm like, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. Oh. So he went out to the store and he bought an onion. <laughs> oh. So he shot it again. He brought one in. 
He bought one yen. Actually, he bought actually he bought two yen because two different varieties because some onions aren't as potent as others. So and it was right because the first one we cut open it didn't do anything, but the second one was very powerful. So I, I did the seed again and I had the onion in my just、uh, out of shot and 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 then I cried. So yeah,、Yay. so <laughs> the magic of cinema. So、uh, anyway, so I got through it. I mean, at least my performance was good. It's just that the deals weren't coming. So I'm、yeah. and the director was really. Happy with all that, so yeah. Well, so that、good. was really frustrating,、um, but、um, but anyway. But we got there. We got there, and ultimately, I'm I'm okay with it, and I'm happy with it, thanks to the onions. So, <laughs> yay, onions! I'm thankful to onion.、Um, And、uh, for any listeners that don't know, onion is a word that I invented, which is a, a word for one onion. You just say onion.、Um, <laughs> popularized in my blog, The Angry Tiki.、Um, anyway,、um, the other big news is that、um, Greg has a small role in the Marvel movie Ant-Man, which is、uh, shooting. It's already started shooting, and、uh, I guess it's coming out next summer. It's going to be like summer blockbuster next year. Oh my god, it's so awesome! So yeah, so that's pretty exciting. So.、Um, Yeah, that's、uh, that's pretty much all that's been going on with me. But I think I, I I've、uh, I've talked a lot about what's been going on with me. I but, hope you get yeah, to go to the premiere. I mean, I don't see why they wouldn't、too. let you. But like, yeah, that's yeah. so exciting. I know that would be great. So、um, I hope I hope that happens. So that because that'll be a big one. So that's really exciting. Yeah, and we're going to see Greg this weekend. He's playing a show with David, Jeff Breckis,、yes. and Neil Hamburger. So hopefully we'll get to have dinner with him or something before that.、But. Yeah, yeah. So yeah. he's driving up. So、um, yeah. Hopefully,、uh, I think I'm not sure what he's going to say. I thought he was going to stay kind of close to you guys because everything was really expensive in town. But anyway, yeah. I'm sure you'll get to hang out with him. And you can、yeah. both go now that Jude is old enough, right? To, 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 yeah. To yeah. We'll let him stay here. That's、um, great. And I'll make Greg Christian popcorn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> he'll love it. <laughs> That's so great. <laughs> anyway, now I referenced the um, the uh, dick pic before, to which you said it certainly is a penis.、Um, yes. uh, <laughs> now, did you received an, you received another one from this gentleman? Received another one. Actually,、okay. I retract the phrase "gentleman" specifically gentleman, because it's so ungentlemanly to be sending unsolicited dick pics to、so、a、uh, to married lady. You know,、Aww. I just God love him. He really is sad that no one else gets to see it. <laughs> so, is that he, the problem that he's single and no one else、know. is seeing it? I really don't know how many people are seeing it. If I'm being honest, I think that.、Um, yeah, I I, I I wish I could get behind the psychology of why he sends these things, but、um, he sent me two、um, since I think we last recorded, and another completely different guy sent me a Tumblr page of his wiener.、Uh-huh. So I got. You know, multiple dongs all in one go. How lucky am I?、Um, but this one of the. I looked at the Tumblr one you sent, and yeah,、oh. the first of the two images, like it looked like chicken skin. Ah. <laughs> Like, well, was, I opened、yeah. it at work, and then I'm like, "Oh shit!" and I closed it right away. So yeah,、um, that was about all I got. Thank you for warning me at work. I need to revisit it in a private moment. But、um, <laughs> <laughs> the okay, the original、um, sender of the dong pictures,、um, he sent me one picture of his wiener. It, I said, "Did we talk about this?" It was、um, a boner, but it was in his pants. Not jeans, but like yes, something twill.、Yes. Okay, yeah. So we saw that. So since then, he sent me a picture of his. Of his, he's using his wiener as a bookmark, but he's、oh. like kind of holding the book with. <laughs> oh, 
was hard dong. Was the book oh, draped over the dong? Yeah. It was, it was hanging on the dong. Like a wow. tent, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow. I feel like I've seen that before. <laughs> you can't be the first person who's ever done it. Oh, but. no, no. I'm sure any possible thing that can be hung on anything has oh, been hung on a dong. I love it. And he knows <laughs> I talk about him on here. So, I mean. Wow. <laughs> All right. So he knows I think very poorly of him. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm clearly, like, laughing my head off. So if he doesn't mind his wiener being laughed at, then, yeah, then yeah. bring it. I'm happy to keep seeing it. Is, yeah, and, and laughing and, and scoffing at the, at the height of rudeness. But, yeah. What is David? think about all these of all these, I always um, show him to him and he's like oh my god <laughs> he's just kind of like uh huh so um yeah he thinks it's funny I, I think he's yeah isn't that weird most husbands would be pretty pissed off right I think he, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think him seeing me like scream and like and, and laugh at it is like makes him not jealous <laughs> it diffuses whatever whatever threat an erect penis might pose yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, that was pretty exciting. Um, yeah. I, I know saw, Greg I th- sent you a, 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 an email during the week. Oh, it was so hilarious. Greg sent me an email. Uh, <laughs> subject line was going to hell, is what he said. And he goes, you have to see this. It's a, it's a review Simone wrote in 1996 of when Faith No More went to Mr. Melbourne. Mr. Bungle. I'm so sorry. Mr. Bungle um, went to Melbourne and Greg was the tour manager. And he goes, Simone references talking to me. And she also self-identifies as a Christian. And, and so this was really fun. Um, let's see. Okay, I printed it out. Okay, October 28th. October, I wanted to get it right. Didn't want to misquote you or anything. Um, Simone Don wrote on October 28th, 1996. Uh, while we waited, we got to listen to some Christian psychos telling everyone lining up to go into the show that we were the enemy of God. I later went up and told them to watch what they were saying because I'm Christian and they had no business telling me that. I spoke of this with Greg the next day. They told him he was going to hell, but he just said, I don't care. Ha ha ha. I still find this hilariously funny. So that was a delightful little tidbit. Yeah. I very much like that. I remember that conversation too, having it with Greg. And I would think I was, I just remember how I, I was like not ashamed or anything of saying I was Christian. I just thought it was normal that like most people would be Christian, not thinking that none of the people yeah. in Mr. Bungle or anybody related would not be Christian or would think it was weird. So when Greg said, I don't care, he's like, oh, I, I'm not. But I just said, I don't care. I remember being like, wow, OK. And then yeah. I wondered what he thought of me for not being Christian. I mean, for being Christian. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. And, and then I, I immediately that. became an atheist to impress him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> was that um, the first conversation you guys had? That was the first um, that you met? Or? No, the first conversation, that was actually in Perth. The first conversation I had with him, was not conversation. This is how I met my husband, if I haven't told this before. But we got to the venue. There's also a review of this of this incident. But actually, I, it's not mentioned in my review, but it's mentioned in my friend Agatha's review. But um, it says, uh, yeah, so my I got to the venue. We got there like way early in the afternoon, like while they were still sound checking and my friend said oh there's a guy around the back giving out mr bungle stickers so i went around and there was a guy walking around and um we talked to him and that was greg so the first thing i ever said to my husband i was jumping bouncing up and down and clapping my hands <laughs> saying can i have a sticker can i have a sticker <laughs> <laughs> so that's how you bag a man ladies it didn't deter him <laughs> nope <laughs> 
<laughs> it did take a while to 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 to, uh, to step it up, but yeah, the that's Christian how we thing met. didn't even bother him. So yeah, no, no, it didn't. And the meat and the meat eating. So <laughs> that's awesome. So um, okay. So I wonder if you're intrigued by the next thing on the document. I am. It is. It is. This is what it says. The most expensive piss Simone has ever taken. <laughs> How much did so, it cost before we get into well, this? Well, I'll, t- I'll tell the lead up to it. Oh, so okay. anyway, so yeah, the bus from uh, from Oxford, London to Oxford was an hour and a half. Back, it was an hour and maybe 10 minutes or so. It's safe because it I, I left from Mick and John's house. It was a little closer than, uh, than going all the way into Oxford. So I was like... And just before I left, I peed and I was like, something about, you know, like you, sometimes you can just hold it for hours and hours and hours like a camel. <laughs> and sometimes it just builds very quickly and you are fucked, absolutely fucked. So I peed before I left having this feeling, but I thought somehow I feel this isn't going to be enough, but I got nothing left right now. So I get on the bus. Sure enough, within five minutes, it is building. It is building. It is building. Yeah. Within 15 minutes, I'm like staring. Quincy's asleep in my arms because it's like nearly 10 p.m. And I'm like staring at the map on my cell phone, just trying to get how much longer, how much longer, how much longer. Like, you know, this time between this place in London. How much time? How much time? I'm like freaking out. I'm like willing to hand him over to a strange woman and and use the bathroom on the thing. But there wasn't one. So I was like, I didn't know what to do. So I'm like, anyway, so I'm like holding it, holding it, just trying to distract myself with looking at the map and everything. And so before I was going to get off at Marble Arch Station and get a taxi from there but so then I'm thinking oh my god I get off then I gotta find a taxi then the taxi's gotta get me across to the to out where we're staying and then I'm gonna get out and you know as soon as you get to the door of your building that's when your brain thinks you're already at the toilet and you just piss your pants right at the door mm-hmm. so I was like I'm not gonna make it I'm not gonna make it so anyway so then the stop before Marble Arch was Shepherd's Bush which I knew was sort of in East um Sorry, in West London. So I was like, oh, but it's kind of dodgy around there. I don't think I should get off there. But then it bus pulls up and we are right in front of a Hilton. So I'm like, oh my God, <laughs> it's a Hilton. There's a toilet. I can get a taxi. This is the best thing that's ever happened to me. So I get off. I go into the handicapped bathroom room for my stroller, my baby. I piss. I am beyond happy. So anyway, I come out. There's a taxi just pulled up, dropping someone off. I get right in. Great. So I get in and I'm going and I'm going and I'm going and I'm like, please don't go past Marble Arch Station. Please don't go past Marble Arch Station. He does. So this is where I would have got off. And the fucking cab got to 13 pounds between no. the two stations, which was 20 bucks. It cost me 20 bucks to piss. God. But it was so worth it. It was <laughs> so worth it. Because even if I got off at Babalash, I wouldn't have had anywhere to piss there, you know? So, yeah, so it was worth it. I was thinking about getting off at, at Marble Arch and there's a big park there. I was thinking of pissing in the park. Like, that's, like, just barely, and because it's dangerous and it's dark in the park and I don't know what's going on, I would be, like, barely in from the lights, you know? In the, in the earliest shadow, I would have been dropping my pants and pissing. So, um, <laughs> anyway, so, yeah, $20 to piss. But I'm so not, good. I, don't, I don't regret it one bit. I love the story. Yeah, and that's another thing too. Like I only I got to piss, and I have a great story out of it. So <laughs> it was worth that twenty dollars. <laughs> People pay money for jokes, you know. So you know. <laughs> I guess they do. Yeah. Mm. Um, so now we talked a few weeks ago about the pronunciation of A R S E to denote uh, a bum or a rear end or an ass. 
or an ass. And so we debated how an American should pronounce A-R-S-E. And I feel because it's an same thing as an ASS, we all mean the same thing, that you should just say ass, even though there's an R in there. And then we wondered, what do Irish people say? Because they pronounce their R's, where, you know, British people and Australian yeah. people don't. So that's why we're saying ass, even though there's an R, because we just shouldn't say the R. But mm-hmm. um, anyway, and I believe we were talking about it on Facebook as well, and said, what would Peter Rollins do? I don't think we ever heard back from him on that. I don't that. think we did, unfortunately. <laughs> what an ass. Anyway. <laughs> Um, so I was watching the movie Calvary with um, um, Brendan Gleeson, and he's playing an, well, he's Irish, uh, an Irish Catholic priest in this small parish in this small town. Anyway, and it's you know he's not a conventional uh, Catholic priest, so he's talking. Somebody says something and calls them a smart ass, but in his Irish accent, he said smart arse. Arse, so, of course, that's how they say it. Smart arse. So anyway, I, so I saw that on the plane on the way back. I was like, aha! And I was like, I have to, even though it's against my, my beliefs, um, in the in, in the uh, in the you know in the efforts of uh, truth and transparency, I had to share the information. So um, I'm a good person like that. Um, <laughs> um, and so since I've been back, this has been so great. So quickly this came together. But my friend Amy put together for her birthday a project runway party where she bought like thrift store dresses and actually went to mood and i bought a bunch what? of fabric from she my work she went to mood and just got some remnants oh and God. so we had two hours and we like made stuff like within like well we said we had two hours but everyone was done within like just over an hour and i was the one taking all the trouble to try and sew and make it really good and i just <laughs> mine was like shit because i was trying too hard and using all my skills so uh. <laughs> so it actually left me in the dirt. But anyway, so I quickly scrambled. Like, we're using staplers and glue guns and things. But yeah, but it was so fun because then, like, we made these outfits out of all the stuff and then we um, uh, had a runway show. So, um, and we're doing it again. And now I think the official name of the event now is Project Dumbway. Oh, I love it. <laughs> so, oh yeah, it is so fun. Like, we were just like, it was just supposed to be a one off. And now I think we're already doing it again this Sunday, like, one week since the last one. So I highly recommend Aww. it as a great as a great thing. And you don't have to be able to sew, as I found out, because everybody else was just like scraping things together and tying and pinning and stuff yeah. so yeah you don't have to be able to sew people I totally recommend this idea oh, and Susanna so Hoffs from the Bengals was there I was like oh uh, that's so fun yeah yeah I was won. like oh. well I sort of was tied winner because I think I think it was appreciated that I had done actual sewing and furthermore I had, I had a male model and I'm making an outfit for Amy to wear on stage <laughs> so it was not fair and is she so actually going to wear it on stage? I don't think she's really going to no, they're not oh, good okay. enough for that I, but that was the sort of the, the, the joke premise like of what our what the challenge was you know to, to make a stage yeah. outfit for Amy so um, uh. anyway so yeah so I think so then the judges asked to see my garment on a woman so Amy modeled that and it looked much better like it had it was supposed to be a romp I'm trying to sew a fucking romper with all the right panels and seams and everything whereas everyone's uh-huh. just kind of like using tops and tying skirts and things right. so I know for next time to not try and sew an entire garment in two hours and I'm slow anyway so, oh that's awesome yeah but anyway so me and this other garment uh, were tied winners at the end it was sort of like they were gonna like Quincy walk up to somebody and whoever he chose was gonna be the winner but he was scared and went back to his dad so <laughs> <laughs> so I'll post a picture of my of my garment on uh, on the uh, um, on the Dongtini page. 
I so, can't wait to see yeah. it. Now, you have some much needed, though I think we've covered them a lot in this episode already. You have some. Dongs in the news! <laughs> I do. I have two very exciting dongs in the news. Okay, I say very exciting. But they, they were when I initially heard them. They've been all over the news since I found them. But it's not going to stop me. So, the first, the first one is just. Um, it happened in Pittsburgh. I, it's basically one exciting sentence, so I'll just read that one. <laughs> Skylar Connor, 18 of Pittsburgh, is facing a disorderly, disorderly conduct charge for waving a rubber penis at passing motorists. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I really needed. And, That's all um, you need. Yeah, I'll put that picture on dongtini.com because it was a pretty excellent picture. They pixelated out the, the wiener, of course. Uh-huh. Why does that always make it funnier? Something about the pixelation. Yeah, yeah. Makes it more hilarious. So it's like they take okay. it so seriously. Uh, you must have heard about this. Um, a 34-year-old Minnesota man is accused of ejaculating on his coworker's desk and in her coffee. Did you hear about this? <gasps> no. <laughs> Yay! Okay, good. Here's fresh, fresh news for you. She told officers that she found him standing by her desk, his back turned to her, and his hands near his crotch. She wasn't sure what he was doing, but she told police he had a deer-in-the-headlights expression on his face when he noticed her behind him. (laughs) She told police that she inspected her desk and found fluid on the surface dripping onto the floor. A lot of it had been absorbed into her hair scrunchie, which she put into a plastic bag. When at the scene, officers collected her mug, coffee, and scrunchie. While talking with officers, the man admitted to ejaculating on his co-worker's desk and coffee on August 26th, which was his birthday. He then went on to admit that he'd ejaculated in her coffee twice in the last six months and on her desk four times, wiping up the mess with the scrunchie she kept there. He told police he was attracted to his co-worker and he did this to get her to notice him. He also said that he knew it was gross and wrong, the complaint states. She told police that her coffee tasted strange on numerous occasions, more than twice in the last several months. And she said initially that she thought the taste was spoiled cream, but when the police informed her that he admitted to tampering with her coffee, she said, I knew it. If convicted, he could face a penalty of more than a year in prison, in prison and or a $4,500 fine. Oh, that is so fucking foul. Uh, what would you do? Oh, I don't know. I think it, I'd never feel clean. I like a, a blog I wrote a long time ago about, about phantom feelings. Like we you touch oh, yeah. something dirty, even through your shoe, and yeah, then yeah. like you can still feel it ten minutes later, even though <laughs> it's in. It, you, for one, you touched it with your shoe, and you you know what I mean. You shouldn't even have any kind of sensation, but your brain, you know, creates this phantom feeling, and that's how I would feel. I would feel like my esophagus was like eternally ruined. Oh. Disgusting. Oh, wow. that poor woman. Like seriously, that's like a massive violation. Yeah. Oh, it reminds me. Remember there was that? I think I told it on here, but there was that story of this that woman who like got chocolate ice cream, and then uh, but the headline was it was poo. Yeah. <laughs> that's right. It was poo. Oh, <laughs> yuck. Okay. Well, um, to close, just short and sweet, um, I don't even know what these people actually did, but it's not about what they did, but who they are. So um, there uh, are two crimes. Are they both in Florida? Um, Yeah, of course they are. Um, uh, So uh, this one lady um, who's been arrested in Jupiter, Florida, which is already awesome, um, just fraud charges, so nothing too exciting, but her name... 
I'm sure Lolly will approve of this name, is Cherry's Waffles Tennis. <laughs> Cherry's Waffles Tennis. If, if Lolly was older, I would think she named her. <laughs> I know. That sounds like a cat name Lolly would come up with. Yeah. So so there's Cherry's Waffles Tennis. And then this, I don't even think that this, this is more accidental, but awesome. And I keep reading her name wrong. Um... Because the last name, I guess it's Metheny, but I keep reading it as Crystal Metheny. <laughs> uh, so her first name is, is Crystal? Crystal and the and last, her last name, name is, is Metheny. But uh, yeah, you, when you're reading Crystal, you immediately say Crystal Metheny. <laughs> and, oh, and she actually, she fired a missile into a car. So, um... Yeah, what? She fired yeah. a missile into the car? Let's see. Uh, oh, well, this actually opens. We clearly don't need to tell you the state where this took place. Um, Crystal, I'm going to keep saying Metheny. Crystal Metheny, 36, was arrested last month for shooting a missile, in quotes, into a vehicle, <laughs> according to records from the Polk County Sheriff's Office. Uh, it should be noted that under Florida law, a missile can be defined as a stone or other hard substance. So oh. she just threw something. Yeah. Oh, so that's I was, disappointing. I was impressed for a minute there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, I thought, wow, she went to a lot of effort. I wonder if she, like, went to, a, like, found something on Google and, like, built this little missile and then launched it into somebody's car. So it's less exciting than that. But her name is Crystal Methany. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah. For that, yeah. she should be commended. On she a... should. <sighs> so um, I guess that's it, listener. Thank you all for listening, and thank you for your patience uh, with our ad- absence. Uh, hopefully we'll be... Uh, back on track uh sort of track what's a normal track like two weeks so yeah Yeah. so um hopefully we're back on that track soon but in the meantime or in the time since i hope you've been going to dongtini.com and clicking on the amazon (laughs) link before buying anything so that we get a little kickback um like us on facebook and leave us a comment about this episode god damn it and um (laughs) that should do it so until next time bye stephanie bye simone Bye. Bye. Bye.